Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. God promises that those who believe in Christ, though they may suffer in this world, will be kept and guarded by God until the end. And as Pastor J.D. teaches today, the persecutions and trials that believers go through are increasing in these last days. They will be brought through by God. It's only a little while compared to eternity. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 10th, 2022. For today's update, I want to talk to you about how born-again Christians, though suffering through many fiery trials, will be kept and protected and guarded until the very end. I think you would agree with me that as we near the last hour, when the trumpet sounds, that the hardships are becoming increasingly and infinitely more difficult. Would you agree with that? It's really evidenced by the many prayer requests that we're on the receiving end of, really from all over the world, people asking us to pray for very serious matters that people are suffering, many, many fiery trials in these last days. I want to share with you a list, just give you a sort of a sampling of some of the requests that we receive for prayer. Relief from fear and discouragement, protection against spiritual attacks, spiritual warfare, miraculous healing for cancer in both children and adults, young children, Hope and encouragement for pastors, one in particular in Brazil. Sleep, (laughs) comfort and peace to the last until the rapture, just to make it. Homelessness with shelters on the mainland being full. Of course, this one, salvation of loved ones before the rapture, that's a biggie, always is. Respite and comfort for a weary soul. Healing for debilitating illness and chronic pain. Comfort for the brokenhearted. This is another biggie. Return of prodigal sons and 
wayward daughters, many of whom have gone into the LGBTQ lifestyle. And then this one, lastly, and this is really an abbreviated list, just to give you an idea, but comfort. After the sudden and unexpected death of a loved one, and again, this is both young and old alike. The question becomes one of why it is that the closer we get to the end, the harder it gets for us as Christians in the end. And thankfully, the Word of God and the God of the Word are not silent on the matter, despite us being unable in the finite to know the ways and the whys of God. It is impossible. God is infinite, and His ways are too high for our understanding. His ways are not our ways, His thoughts not our thoughts. But when we don't know, we go to what we do know, and what we do know is that God promises to protect us and see us through to the end. Would you join me in First Peter and the first chapter? I want to begin reading in verse 3 and kind of share with you something the Lord really ministered to me. I hope it'll be an encouragement to you as it was and is to me. The Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, is writing, he says, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Wow. I have an inheritance. And it's untouchable, imperishable. Nobody can corrupt it or defile it. It's preserved, and it will not be taken away, fade away. And it's reserved, preserved for me, for you, for those who are, verse 5, listen very carefully, protected by the power of God through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay. Did you, should I read it again? Okay, so protect it. Uh, Some of your translations render it kept, guarded. It in the original carries with it the idea of a military garrison set up guarding by the power of God 
through faith. Wait, what's the, what's the garrison? What's the guard? What's the protection? Me! <laughs> you! Sorry if I'm pointing, I, I should do this maybe. We who are born again of the Spirit of God are protected by the power of God. That is a promise in the Word of God for you and for me. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. I don't really like that, because a little while, it's been a long while, and greatly rejoice. By the way, if this sounds a little bit like what James said, consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials. That's because that's what Peter's saying too. You can greatly rejoice in your various trials, if necessary. Apparently it's been necessary even though now for a little while. Wait, what? Oh, in light of eternity, it's a little while. Verse 7, here's why, by the way. So that the proof of your faith, not that we have to prove anything to God. No, we're being proven being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor. When? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can't wait. Verse 8, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice. That's the second time he said that, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to get the impression that we are to greatly rejoice. With joy, how about this one? <laughs> Inexpressible. In other words, you cannot adequately express the joy, pure joy, and full of glory obtaining, verse 9, as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. In other words, <laughs> you have no idea what awaits you. Oh, I know right now you're going through it, but God's going to see you through it. He's guarding you. He's keeping you. He's protecting you. He will see you through, no matter what it is that you're going through, up until the very end, when Jesus Christ is revealed. The Apostle Peter is, in effect, echoing what the Apostle John was told by Jesus to write to the 
church in Philadelphia, and that's not in Pennsylvania, by the way, (laughs) which is actually a sign of the soon return of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church prior to the seven-year tribulation. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus is commending them, saying, I know that you have little strength. (laughs) I know that you're barely hanging on. I know that you're very battle-weary. Yet, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. He then goes on in verse 10 and 11 and says, Since you have kept my command, that's an important word, we've talked about it, won't take the time today to get into it. You actually want it to be a command. To endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial or tribulation that is going to come on the whole world, the entire earth, to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon, verse 11. And that's an interesting word, by the way. We've talked about this. Maybe it would be appropriate to mention it again now. Some of your translations render the word soon, quickly. Behold, I am coming quickly. In the original language, it's the Greek word takos, where we get our English word for the tachometers that we have in our cars. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm coming at a time when things are revving up, heating up, because what is a tachometer? Oh, it's a set time, one minute, and it's a measurement, a gauge of revolutions per minute RPMs. And interesting, especially for those of you that are into the whole car thing. Sorry, ladies, just give us guys a second here. It's a guy thing. They have what they call a red line. You know what I'm talking about? Where, you know, if you, if you go too high on the RPMs, like the 5,000, 6,000, some of you are looking at me like, my, I wish my cart went that high, <laughs> but 5,000, 6,000 RPMs, you redline, and if you go too high, things going to blow up. Ah, oh, I like that, because when it blows up, we go up. I'm just saying. I am coming quickly. I am coming soon. I'm coming <laughs> at a time when things are going to rev up, heat up, speed up. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. In our study through Jeremiah, we looked at how it is that the Lord will always prepare us for the greater trials that await us. Specifically, by way of God sending footmen in order that He might ready us and steady us for the horsemen that He knows are coming, and they're coming. 
Here's Jeremiah in chapter 12, and he basically asks the same question that the psalmist Asaph asks in Psalm 73. Why is it, Lord, that you allow the wicked to prosper and the righteous to suffer? It makes no sense. It does not reconcile. You have to understand that Jeremiah had just learned of a death threat on his life. And if that weren't bad enough, it was from his own hometown of Anathoth. And if that weren't bad enough, it started with his own family that hatched this plot to take his life. There was a threat on his life. And they were threatening him, saying to him, stop prophesying or we'll kill you. You better stop doing prophecy updates. I Just to bring it into a... And Jeremiah is just, I mean, first of all, he's, he's so hurt, obviously, and he's devastated. And he's inquiring ever, ever so humbly of the Lord, Lord, why is it that the wicked prosper and evil seems to continue and wax worse with impunity, while the righteous, those who are walking righteously, uprightly, pleasing in your sight, serving you, why do we suffer and they don't? Well, God answers this question basically in the same way that he answers Asaph's question. If you're struggling with that, I don't think there's a one of us that doesn't at one time or another in our walk with the Lord struggle with that. I would really encourage you to spend some time in Psalm 73, because at the end of the psalm, (laughs) Asaph goes into the sanctuary of the Lord, always a good thing to do. And the Lord shows him their end. And he goes from being envious of them, wondering about them, to feeling sorry for them. And that's basically what God does for Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I love you so much. I know that you don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. I know it doesn't make sense to you. I I know you don't understand why it is that the more righteous you are, the more of a heart you have for the Lord, the more difficult it is. And here's the wicked, the unrighteous, and they seem to be prospering. It's been rightly said, I'm doubtless you've heard it said, that for the non-Christian, this is the most heaven they'll ever know. And conversely, for the Christian, this is the most hell we'll ever know. If you really let that sink in, it's really kind of heartbreaking, actually. So, what are you saying? Well, I suppose you could say that One of the main purposes of those trials in our lives is that God is preparing us for that which is prepared for us. 
And I'll take it a step further and suggest that in this, the last hour, God is allowing evil to seemingly prosper so as to ready us for eternity. In other words, those who do not know Jesus are coming to Jesus, and those who do know Jesus are getting ready for Jesus. Truth be made known, and I want you to think this through, it's the difficulty and the hardships, the pain and the suffering that God uses for our good and His glory in the end. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 18, says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It's, it's, it's not even in the same realm. We commonly refer to something like this as, well, that's not an apple-to-apple comparison. Well, the sufferings of this present time, though for a little while, if necessary, those various fiery trials, it's not to be compared. It's not a, it's not a apple-to-apple comparison. It's like comparing an apple with a planet in another universe. That's the best I got. So you're going to have to take that one. And if you got a better one, let me know. I'm happy to consider it. And, and again, think about it. We go through what we go through in the time that we're here in this world. And as difficult and as hard as it is, which by the way, may have been the very thing that brought you to the Lord in the first place. In other words, had it not been for that difficulty, that pain, that suffering, that trial, that hardship, you would have never came to Christ, maybe never came back to Christ. That's what brought you to Him or back to Him. And that might be why God allowed it to happen. But let's say we live to be 70. Is that is that a good number? Why are you laughing? Do we need to go higher than that? Because some of you are, we better go higher? Okay, fine. How, how much? 80? Is 80 good? You guys good with 80? 80? Going once? Going twice? <laughs> okay, you live to be 80 years old. Let's just try to take that number 80 and let's compare it to, oh, forever. Did that work? Because you know how long eternity is, right? (laughs) It's for eternity. And that's deeply profound. It never ends. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. 
If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth. 